I like to think that I'm, especially for my regulars, I'm always there for them to talk to and to make their day a little better. And if that's getting a latte or a frappe or picking up a cupcake or something sweet to eat, whatever it is, it's very little, but being there for them to come in at maybe their lowest, worst day, it, it really, you know, it means a lot to people. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode five of the Lilypad podcast. For this episode, I interviewed Elaine Abdallah. She is the operator of Cafe Crema in Dunbar. And if you're not already familiar with Cafe Crema, well, I hope this episode really encourages you to go check this little place out. Some of you already know I teach on campus at West Virginia State University, and I've taught here for about four years. And I was really excited because if, you, if you're from around here, you know there aren't a lot of coffee shops in this area. Uh, there are a few, but you know, between Nitro and, and Dunbar, you know, your options for coffee are most of your fast food chains, places like McDonald's, you know. And I was excited to see just a few years ago as a new place opened up right here in Dunbar, not far from the college campus. And I love coffee shops. I, I absolutely, uh, as, a, as a book lover and a coffee lover, there's just something about the, the aesthetic of a coffee shop that just draws me in. And I went to check this place out and came to find out that it was operated by a uh, former student. Elaine was a Capitol High School student when I taught there. So it was a pleasure to have the opportunity to interview her she operates Cafe Crema, and uh, it's it's just a wonderful place. And we don't have a lot of places like that around here. Her story is, it's inspiring, it's encouraging. When you learn from this interview that most of what she knows as an operator of a coffee shop is self-taught. You know, just learning and, and researching. And that that's, I think that was one of the most inspiring and encouraging things that I learned from this interview, because if you go there and you see her work and you see how friendly and kind she is with customers, you would think that she's been in the coffee shop business for a decade or more. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a just a pleasure. You know, all my interviews have been a pleasure, but this one was inspiring in knowing that the Cafe Crema started humbly. She was a beginner who has taught herself and is still continuing to grow and mature as a, a, a business operator and you know as, as a coffee shop operator. So I hope you enjoy this. And without any further delay, here's Elaine. Well, Elaine, welcome to the Lilypad podcast. Uh, I want to start out by just asking you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, my name is Elaine, and I am kind of the operator over at Cafe Crema in Dunbar, West Virginia. Um, my mom is technically the real owner, Miss Mary Case, but uh, if you go there, you'll see me. So. so so you all started, you started back in 2016? 
Yeah, yeah, we started in May of 2016. I was just graduating from West Virginia State University, so that was kind of stressful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we started back then. It's almost been four or five years now, I guess. And what made you all want to start a coffee shop? You know, I was getting out of college. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and my mom has had several businesses throughout the years. And so she had experience with that. And, um, you know, it started out as just a thought. We didn't really have a plan. Um, but then we came across a couple of locations that were for rent and things just kept getting more and more serious. <laughs> so it just kind of happened. It wasn't a big plan. Thankfully, my parents were both interested in doing something like this and they were able to help me finance it. And it just, it became a reality. That's awesome. Did you all uh, in the beginning kind of have a, a vision of, of what you wanted it to be like, or was it just sort of simple to just, you know, open up a coffee shop and you know, we actually, we really didn't have a plan. Like I said, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, <laughs> we had, there was a coffee shop in Charleston called Moxie. And we really loved that place. And we kind of wanted to um, replicate that, but on, on the West side, of course, not exactly what they were doing. We wanted our own thing, but um, I had no idea about coffee. I didn't know anything about tea, coffee, sandwiches, anything really. And uh, I went to school for communications. So it, it was completely different than, than business. <laughs> um, and my mom, you know, she for years just drank like Maxwell House. <laughs> so she had no idea about any of this fancy stuff. And I kind of took her to all the local coffee shops to get an idea Um of what I was wanting to do. And funny enough, you know, I just wanted to do coffee and like some bakery items and that's about it. But she was like, well, what if that doesn't work <laughs> and we fail, we need to have like a backup. So that's when she kind of made me start with like the lunch menu and the sandwiches and the salads and this and that. And now I feel like we're more known for the sandwiches and the salads and the food than the coffee. But then again, I don't know. We get a lot of compliments on the coffee too. But yeah, we really didn't know what we were doing. So we had no plan. <laughs> well, I've been there and I can tell you that I, I think the coffee is excellent and the sandwiches are excellent. You. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, that's I, I like knowing that you all started out very humbly and very simply. Uh, and, you know, and, and there, there's almost a, a, a great feeling to knowing that you sort of didn't know what you were, what you were doing at first. Yeah. Uh, because I know that a lot of people who start businesses, especially small businesses, it, it can be really scary at the beginning anyway. I mean, even if you're qualified, you know, even if, even if you're opening a business within the realm of what you are qualified or educated or trained to do, it can still be scary. So there's something even more inspiring in knowing that you all, you, you have a communications degree, not a business degree, but you had this idea, something that you felt passionate about and your parents were supportive. And so through all of you, 
wanting this thing to happen, it happened and it has clearly grown, you know, since that little space you were renting, you know, four years ago. Yeah, it's, it's definitely grown. I mean, there's always room to grow and I definitely, (laughs) my mom kept yelling at me street because I kept having idea after idea and we didn't have room (laughs) at all. We were so small. I think it was like eight or 900 square feet. And, um, we didn't have room for our inventory at all there. And, uh, when we bought the place in Dunbar, it was almost double the size. And um, I really didn't know what we were going to do with it, all that room. But now I don't have room again, <laughs> which is ridiculous because I, I keep going above and beyond, really. I, I should stop. But, yeah, I mean, we, we really didn't know what we were doing. And so many people come in the cafe and they ask, oh, did you go to culinary school or did you go to you know any classes or anything for this and you know I really I took no we we didn't take classes we didn't do anything we did research on our own and taught ourselves like I had never steamed milk or pulled an espresso shot until the day we got our espresso machine which was literally a week before we opened so yeah I mean it was (laughs) it was really just kind of, it was a big risk, really. We didn't know what we were doing, but, you know, I went there every day until we opened and practiced steaming the milk and pulling the shots and watching a thousand YouTube videos. And yeah, that's, wow. That's yeah. And I didn't know that I I would have, I would have assumed that you, you know, received some sort of barista training <laughs> or had you know, experience um, because you, any of my listeners go into your shop and they, and they order a drink, they'll see that you, you do know what you're doing now. Um, but it's just, it's fun to think that in the beginning you didn't, and you've worked your way up. You've, you know, you've taught yourself uh, how to do these, the, the, you've matched what you taught yourself is matching your vision for what you'd like, you know, your shop or what you've wanted your shop to be. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Except I still can't do latte art and I don't know if I just need to really practice, but you know, I I tell all my customers I'm focusing on the quality rather than the look. So (laughs) it might not look as pretty as some of these other people that can do amazing latte art, like in this, they have they have latte art competitions like worldwide and these people are amazing and i have yet to learn how to do anything really but it's kind of the same as as baking i i didn't really bake much before we opened the cafe and now i feel like that's all i do is is bake <laughs> so yeah it's a learning experience I, everything i've learned it's been from the internet and from just hands-on, like trying it and doing it myself multiple times, thousands of times, but I, but I got it. So. <laughs> That's great. The, the baking thing um, it's when I was growing up, my, my they jokingly called my grandpa Betty Crocker <laughs> because uh, he would, he loved to bake, but I mean, he would have a recipe, but then he would always try something that wasn't on the recipe. 
you know, he would, he would add an ingredient, he'd play around with it until he ended up making something new. Uh, and I always thought that was uh, both hilarious and, and kind of inspiring. So uh, would you say that you've, you've kind of done that over the years too? You've like, you've known how to make something, but you try something else. Yeah. And you know, there's been a lot of failed recipes that way. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I, I'm a big experimenter. So I'll be like, oh, here's a recipe. Let me tweak this and add that and take this out. And um, it's, you know, sometimes some amazing things and other times I have to throw it in the trash. But yeah, I mean, some of the best things were made by accident. Like we make a St. Louis ooey gooey bar. And granted, I think the recipe that I have isn't the traditional recipe, but the one that it's based off of was uh, a guy in St. St. Louis, St. Louis, whatever you want to call it, um, was trying to make a coffee cake and he got the um, proportions of the ingredients wrong and ended up making this other thing. And now it's like a huge hit. Like everybody knows about the St. Louis ooey gooey bar. And that was made by an accident. So you never know. It's it's all a big science experiment. And um, there's one issue I run into is that I will try these ingredients and these flavors that aren't traditional. That would like if I made them in New York or like Los Angeles, they'd be a huge hit. But here in West Virginia, people look at it and they're like, oh, that's not anything I've heard of and I'm not going to eat that. But I, I, I like to broaden people's, you know, I, I just don't want them to be like, I only eat chocolate chip cookies. You have to expand your palate and like try new things. And West Virginia, I had a guy come in today, actually, and he bought a sandwich and a tea and some soup. And he came up and asked me if the cafe was owned by somebody from Europe because of how different it is from anything else he's tried in West Virginia. Now, I don't think we're that different <laughs> to say that, you know, we could be from Europe, but it's, it's all about trying new things. And I'm trying to do that and introduce people in, West Virginia to things that they may not have had. And I think that's really important because even though there aren't a lot of coffee shops uh, around, you know, in this area, you know, your competition is still places like McDonald's, you know, and other places that serve coffee. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that you do try something unique, you know, to, to, and, and I'm glad that that's a great compliment that that gentleman would recognize that there was something different uh, about your food. Um, and see, I, I, you're right. Not all customers can be like me when, you know, I walk in and I say, Ooh, what is that? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're one of the, the few customers that I have that when I make something different, you actually want to try that. And um, it, it's a small group of people, but I, I do feel like it's getting better. Like more and more people are, are, willing to try new things. And, um, I, I, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Like people think it's so unique when I really don't 
don't think it's unique at all what we do, but um, I don't know. I mean, I had a guy also come in and he's never had a blondie. And I thought that blondies were very normal, <laughs> which if nobody knows what a blondie is, that's a, it's like a brownie, but without the chocolate. So it's kind of more like a chocolate chip cookie bar. But um, yeah, there's things that I think are completely normal. And then somebody will come in and, and they've never heard of it before. So it's it's also fun to be able to introduce these things to people and to educate people about things that they've never heard of. That's great. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it. Do you think that maybe you said that it seems to be getting better, like more people are actually wanting to try different things? Do you think it's possible that the uh, the lockdown, like you know, people were were reconfined in indoors for for a while and probably eating things like microwave meals or you know cooking the same foods that they that they've cooked, and then as, as those lockdowns were you know were released and more people are are out and about, maybe they're trying new things. Maybe, as, especially since when you're in lockdown, you sit around if you're like me. And you watch TikTok videos and you learn like I was on TikTok and they have thousands of recipe videos. And a lot of people during lockdown were, you know, they were out there buying all the yeast off of the shelves in the grocery store because they wanted to start making their own bread. So a lot of people now with quarantine have been um, trying new things in their own house. And when you're, doing research and watching cooking shows and all these things, you learn about stuff from everywhere and how different flavors work and complement other flavors. And um, yeah, honestly, quarantine probably has uh, helped people want to expand their um, knowledge of everything and to try new things. And, and, you know, I hate to say it, but with everybody being sick and there's so many deaths, you know, maybe people are, are actually wanting to try new things because you never know what's going to happen. It's a scary world out there. So especially right now, it's terrifying. And why not try something new? You never know. Yeah. I, I've been fascinated and a little bummed out by that dichotomy uh, particularly when it comes to travel, you know, because it, people who have not traveled much now suddenly want to. And because of the coronavirus, there are so many limitations on travel. So, you know, I think of that as well when it can, comes to like restaurants that have had to close, you know, and people think, oh, my gosh, I never got to eat there. And they didn't get to stay open because they lost business while, you know, during the the, the all the quarantines and lockdowns. Um, so yeah, that's, that may be an excellent, excellent point. Um, so what I want, another thing I wanted to ask you, um, so you talked about, you know, your humble beginnings and (laughs) how there were scary moments when you all weren't quite sure what you were doing. Um, what would you say has been your greatest challenge running the, the coffee shop? That's a good question. Um, there's been a lot of challenges, but I, I feel like for me personally, it's it was um, the customer service aspect of it. 
like, yeah, it was hard to learn about coffee and, and tea and um, the different types of coffee and tea and steaming milk and training other people to do what I do and baking and cooking and making sandwiches and all that was hard. But dealing with people is, is actually really hard. A lot of people think it's easy, but food service and retail workers have it so hard. <laughs> like, I mean, I, we're so lucky that our customers are absolutely amazing. We rarely have a bad day, but I've had a couple customers come in and back when we first opened, you know, I wasn't very good with people and I still have a lot to work on when it comes to that, but it was so hard dealing with our customers that are upset and then also training new employees and any drama that would happen with employees. And um, like I, I had a lady come in the cafe a few months ago and she wanted a certain drink and I guess we made it differently than what she likes at Starbucks. And I was trying to, you know, fix the situation. And um, eventually she was like, okay, well, I want this one drink. And can you use heavy cream? And I said, yeah, realized I was out of heavy cream. She left and said that that, that was the reason why people can't support local and why people choose Starbucks over us. And you know, pe people can, that, that hurts when you're trying your hardest to make the business work. And, um, you know, competing against places like Starbucks and McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts isn't easy. They, they have a lot more options than we do, you know, and, and customer service is definitely number one biggest challenge. Well, I'm glad that this is an audio podcast and not a video podcast, because if my listeners had seen my face, the moment you said this woman wanted the drink made the way they make it at Starbucks, I, <laughs> I cringe. Yeah. I mean, she was very upset. The funniest part was that she told my coworker that she, she was upset about, um, one thing. And then when I went to talk to her, it was like a completely different thing and I, I really couldn't figure out what she was wanting, to be honest. And I'm just, you know, I tried to fix the situation and I, I told her, you know, come back and, and give us another try. But she was very upset. And I really don't, I, to this day, I don't know what, <laughs> what I could have done to make her happy. But yeah, that kind of stuff is not easy to deal with when you're, when you're trying hard to make stuff right. For sure. And sometimes people are already dissatisfied before, you know, service has even been given. So it's, you know, I, I'm sure you did your best. You know, it, I'm, in fact, I know you did your best. And I'm sorry that that didn't did ended up being such a negative oh, it, it's, experience. We ha the, the good things that I hear at the cafe outweigh the little tiny, you know, these other things that people say, which happen 
so rarely, like once every blue moon, I get a bad customer maybe once every few months and I can handle that. That's compared to what I hear from other people who work in food service and customer service. The cafe is just, we're blessed to have so many amazing supportive customers. That's great. That's good to hear. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know that you all have done well. Um, you know, like a lot of other local businesses, I was a little concerned, um, you know, whenever um, things got really bad at the beginning of, of COVID. Um, but, you know, I know you all managed to stay open and, and serve to a certain extent. So that, that was, that's other, another thing that I was really appreciative. Yeah. Of. I think we closed down for about two weeks when the initial um, shutdown happened. And uh, when Justice said that we could still do curbside and takeout, uh, mom and I just did it ourselves. Like our employees, they uh, were able to go on unemployment and, you know, survive that way, which, I mean, I don't know what people would have done without the unemployment money because that was a crazy time. And uh, we're just lucky that we were able to stay open and that our employees were taken care of. Like we couldn't take care of them. There was no way during that time. Like we would get maybe 10 people a day, if that. But staying open for our customers was, uh, you know, our, our priority there. We have so many loyal uh, customers that, that come in almost every day. And, um, you know, we're here to make them happy. We're not here to make a profit or make big money. It's nice if it happens, but our number one goal is to keep everybody happy and to introduce people to new things and stay open as long as we can to keep doing that. And I'll tell you, what really makes me happy is when you know, now that you all are open up, uh, you know, coming in and seeing the menu of the seasonal drinks that you have, uh, you know, you always have some, some creative ideas and, uh, you know, it, it, it falls back to what you were saying about just, you know, encouraging people to try new things. Uh, and <laughs> I think, was it during the, the Halloween season when you made the Pennywise tea that, that was, uh, I will call that a, a, a unique drinking experience. Yeah. And you know, Halloween is the best time to introduce new things like that. Because if you make it fun and creative, like the Pennywise Frappe had, it was a cotton candy base with the white chocolate blood drizzle. And it had um, green apple bursting boba at the bottom to represent like the dead lights from the movie. And, uh, and then the orange whipped cream and the cherry balloon on top. Like it was just fun to look at. And when I first made that drink, it was the year that um, it chapter two came out in theaters. And I'm a huge Stephen King and it fan in general. So I had to make a drink and um it was a it was a hit. That was last year, the year before. So now every year I make that. You know, it's it's different flavors that nobody would ever order in a normal situation. But uh, yeah, Halloween is a, is a great time. Any holiday, really. But Halloween 
is is the best because people love that holiday and I love it. And you can get away with a lot of interesting things. Like um, we also did the blood splatter one with the little, I, I went and searched for a cookie cutter that was shaped in, like a knife so that I could make little shortbread cookies that were knife shaped that would stab into the little frappe and it was adorable and people loved it and they were taking photos and posting it everywhere and it's it's free advertisement too but yeah you can be you can be really unique around the holidays and i think it's it your creativity is one of the reasons why that gentleman noticed something different about your shop i, I guarantee that's what it was um because when 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 someone who runs a place like that uh, puts their creative self and, in a sense, their heart into what they're doing, it really does show. It, 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 and I, that's, that's why so many customers enjoy your shop, because you have put your creative love and your creative personality into everything you do in the shop. Yeah, I, so I mean, great. I try to put everything I have, you know, I, I, if I'm not at the cafe, then I'm probably doing research for something to do with the cafe. So I'm constantly looking up things. And, um, like this month, our new year's re resolution at the cafe is to bake more and to have more vegan and gluten-free options because we have, um, more and more people are, are turning to the vegan lifestyle for their health and um, animal rights and all that kind of stuff. And then the gluten-free uh, people, you know, that have actual intolerances and we're trying to do as much as we can to make everybody happy. And, um, you know, that in turn, you, you have to be a little creative because so many people will see the word vegan or gluten-free and not want to order it because they think it's going to be bad. So you have to really make things look nice and to try recipes over and over to get them to taste good enough to trick people is what I do. So sometimes I will just won't tell people that things are vegan or gluten-free to uh, and then get their reaction afterwards, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, all about the creativity and trying new things, and you know, able to make something for everybody. Well, I really appreciate you doing this interview. I do have one final question for you. Uh, if you've already listened to uh, the past episodes of this podcast, you probably know what I'm about to ask you. But in case you don't, I'll ask it officially. Um, you know, 2020 was was rough on just about everybody. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people who uh, have struggled to hold on to hope. Um, but, you know, I I've tried to keep things positive in finding ways that um, maybe I can make a difference. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. So the question that I have for you is, how do you think you're making a difference in the world? Man, that's a good one. I. Oh gosh. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm such a humble person. Like I want I in my head I don't really make much of a difference. I'm just like 
I'm here making coffee, making sandwiches. Like, I'm not really doing much. But, I mean, I've had people come in about to cry. They've had bad days. They've lost a pet or a loved one. And I like to think that I'm, especially for my regulars, I'm always there for them to talk to and to make their day a little better. And if that's getting a latte or a frappe or picking up a cupcake or something sweet to eat, whatever it is, it's very little. But being there for them to come in at maybe their lowest, worst day, it, it really, you know, it means a lot to people. I have a regular, she takes care of her husband who has dementia and she was taking care of a dog who was going blind and deaf at the time. And um, she was really having a hard few months and every day she'd come in and we would talk and I'd ask her about the dog and this and that. And uh, I got to know her and then she ended up having to put the dog down, but she came in the cafe and she got herself her latte and her waffle and it made her, you know, it made her day just a little bit better. And again, I don't think I'm doing much, but I like to think that I am helping some people get through things when they may, they might not have anybody else to help them smile or help them feel a little bit better. So I think that that's at least the way that I think I'm helping out. That's a great answer. That, that's a fantastic answer. And a lot of people I talk to and, and ask a question like that tend to have the same, you know, kind of reaction you know, very humble about it. Like, well, I don't, I don't think that I'm making much of a difference, but I, I can assure you just giving that person, even, even if it's just five seconds of a better moment that they were having five seconds before that you have yeah, made a difference. I mean, like I said, there's, I, I don't think I do much, but just asking somebody how they are or how their day is going, nobody else could ask them that. And they may be having a terrible time and they might need to, talk about something, even if it's not going to be, you know, a half hour long conversation, just a few minutes, but they honestly, some people don't have anybody to talk to about certain things. And I'm here to keep you caffeinated and to keep you happy. And I think I do an okay job. So again, even if it's one person a day, one person a month, at least it's somebody. There is definitely a lot of research that says that coffee and really good food can boost feel-good hormones for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you very much for this. It's been great. I appreciate you agreeing to uh, do this interview with me, and I wish you the, the best success. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where your shop is located and uh, how they can find out more about you? Do you have a website or social sure media do. account? The, uh... On Facebook, you can find us at, you know, it's Cafe Crema. I think if you do the the tag, it's like at Cafe Crema WV. Um, but we are located in Dunbar, West Virginia on Fairlawn Avenue um, in between Tudors and 
Institute pretty much right around there, if you're familiar with the area. Um, our website is www.cafe. Oh, wait, no, that's wrong. <laughs> that's our old one. Our new website is www.cremawv.com. That's C-R-E-M-A-W-V at, uh, yeah, dot com. And I think we're on Instagram and Google and Yelp. We're mostly on Facebook and Instagram. In our website, you can do online ordering. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have a lot of options as far as social media goes. All right. That's great. Well, to all my listeners, I definitely encourage you to head on over to Dunbar, go to Cafe Crema, take my word for it. It is a fantastic little shop. And if you're not a coffee drinker, they have other options as well. I highly recommend the sandwiches. They're fantastic. And while you're there, make sure you say hi to Thank Elaine. You. She's wonderful <laughs> as well. All right. It's been great talking to you. And yeah, I thanks will for having me. talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Lilypad podcast. For more information about our show and for notes about each episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Lilypad podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, give us a follow on Spotify. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people learn about this podcast. So once again, thanks for listening. <laughs>